0: Thank you so much for having this conversation with us um, today. This is um, our initial installment of um, the podcast. And we're doubly excited because it is the initial installment um, and it is also um, Women's History Month. Um, And so having those (laughs) types of things coincide, I thought it's very important to have um, this particular conversation with you. Um, in light of Women's History Month and everything that's happening in the country right now, so I wanted to just right. kind of go back a little bit. And can you just tell me and the listeners like where you're from? Uh, for everybody listening, this is Shaw Fortune, She's an amazing um, artist, singer, person, mother. Um, you know, if I had theme music right now, I probably would play "I'm Every Woman" uh, for you. <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to just uh, get an I people get an idea of like where you're from where you grew up and um, where, you, where you're living now
1: yeah so I am originally born and raised in Houston, Texas and um, I still reside here probably wouldn't move anywhere else <laughs> because <laughs> I live in my city and then I'm, I'm the last of five siblings um, hmm. and all of my family you know pretty much lives here um In Houston, so I have a huge support system here, which is probably one of the reasons that it's really hard for me to live anywhere else. Um, And with my schedule, so I have a lot of family support, you know, it kind of steps in and helps me take care of my children. I am the mother of four. Mm. I have a 20 year old, a 13 year old, 12 year old, and an 11 year old. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, what's the makeup of boys and girls? My
1: son will be, huh?
0: How many boys, how many girls?
1: Boy, girl, boy, girl. So, two boys and two girls.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, my oldest is actually going to be turning 21 soon. Really soon. So, mm. um, you know, therefore, it's probably um, the greatest gift that, you know, that God could have ever given me outside of Jesus with like my children and being a mother, um, which is like my number one priority. And um, so, I think when I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, I. I love to probably write more than I love to sing, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, and, and I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing. I'm a huge encourager. I love to encourage people, mm-hmm. and um, it puts a smile on my face when that I can, you know, put a smile on someone else's face. So. Um, I
0: that's that. pretty much me in a nutshell. I hear um, that. I
1: think that's uh, I I'm
0: mean, goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, most creative people are um you know have a lot of have a lot of ver- a lot of variety to their personalities, a lot of, you know, range a range you know. of emotions <laughs> and expressions and, and all of that. So um I, I wanna have this conversation in two parts today. And so the f- yeah. first thing I'd like to talk about with you is you are a music um, business person. You're a you're a singer and you're a songwriter, um, but not necessarily though. Yeah. And, and you have an album out, and I want people to, to look your album up and buy it. Um, be supportive of strong um, Fortune's music; it's really great. And I'm not just saying that; it's really really good. Um, Thank you. But looking at, but looking at that angle, um, being a black woman in the music business, um, I noticed something some time ago. And I haven't talked to many people about it, but I do want to get your take on it and (laughs) and ask if you've ever even thought about it. So I looked at like right now in the gospel music industry, I'm sorry, on the gospel music billboard chart, of the top 10 songs, there are only two where women are featured. Top 20 songs, six. Top 30 songs, seven. In R&B... Top 10 songs, three women are featured, top 25 women are featured, Top 38 women are featured. And with women making up such a huge part of content creators, why do you think there's such a disparity in you know women having the, the spot, so to speak, or getting that type of um, access?
1: Yeah, you know, it's crazy because I was having this conversation probably about three weeks ago with someone and um, we were talking about the same exact thing and I think that this has been such a uh, predominantly male industry and driven and run by men. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, I believe that that's a lot Mm -hmm. of um, that takes you know, that takes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and kinda let they stick together. <laughs> you know. Right. And and it and it really um, you know it really kind of sucks a little bit. You know, I would love to see it more because there are so many great women, black women that are doing so many amazing things mm-hmm. in music. Mm-hmm. And so um, I really think that that's a big part of it, um, mm-hmm. that it's just been, you know, predominantly a male-run industry. Mm-hmm. And, and it's challenging, you sure. know, because, you know, even with my music, um, I've noticed mm-hmm. that there are certain... You know, areas or certain um, uh, stations or certain things that they will not, they will not play it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. um, it's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and I believe that it's good quality music, sure. but um, I think it's the whole sticking together,
0: and that is just been predominantly run by men. Do you think you know, men? Do you think a, men are intentional about that? Do you think it's kind of in their subconscious?
1: You know. I don't want to (laughs) just say that it is intentional, you Uh know, because I don't believe that every man is like that. Um, But there could be some, you know, Uh I I do believe that there could be some. And then, you know, I think maybe others just don't have the pull to, even if they did want to kind of support this or put this or add this on charts or um, put this woman kind of high up, I think, that some maybe just don't have enough pull or afraid to do it. Sure. You know, um, that's my take. So have you, have you,
0: (laughs) no, I get that. I think that's, I think that's important though. And do you feel like, or have you, have you felt as if you have experienced discrimination as a woman in the music business?
1: To a degree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To a degree. Yes, I do. Um, and I just don't believe that it should be that way and I think that it should be um, based off of you know the quality of music sure. I mean there's so you know like I said there's so many of us who have great music Yeah, you know not just me to so many other you know women in the industry mm-hmm. that have such great music and not given the platforms and not given the opportunities
0: yeah I, I, I tend to think that as well I mean a lot of and I and I hadn't really thought about it because you know one of the things that I'm becoming more aware of, um, I've always been aware of elements of privilege in society, whether that be white privilege or male privilege or whatever it is, and I, as as it, being a man, I've I'm really starting to step back more and more and think about things. Um, From a privilege standpoint, right? What I mean by that is understanding that I live in an element of privilege. And one of the benefits, if you will, I don't know if you want to call it a benefit, but one of the things that happens when you have an element of privilege is you don't have to think about certain things, right? So I don't have to think about women not having equal access to, you know, uh, influence and platform and power inside the music business because I've, it's not something right. that has affected me directly. But as I'm trying to right. be a better person and a broader person, I am like, i looked at the chart and it's probably been like a, f- a couple of years ago when I first noticed it. And I was like, that's really kind of odd, actually. Most especially since the bulk of the buying base for gospel music is women. And <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, an R and B as well. Absolutely. Like, the, yeah, the majority yeah, of consumers yeah. are women, so that's just that's even more strange in a way.
1: Absolutely, it is pretty crazy. I mean, even in you know the church congregations, there are more women. Yeah, and um, which is crazy. Which is you know, it does. It makes it even more. Um, you know it makes it it's kind of confusing you really don't understand why it is that way Mm -hmm. um you know but we have so many men that are in higher positions right you know when it comes to being in the radio industry being in um the tv industry even even in that you know in that sense so it does it makes it harder for us and you know, I I try to come up with different strategies and try to come up with, mm-hmm. you know, different things that maybe even will, you know, in, incorporate, you know, men and say, hey, well, you know, we're targeting this, too. And it's still, in a sense, sometimes rejected.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear that. And I, do you think that the changes that are that are necessary to see that will bring more you know, uh, more opportunities to women in terms of having their music heard and having more power to make decisions, do you think that's something that should be driven by women or men or should it be a collaborative effort?
1: I think it should be a collaborative effort. I do. I don't think that, um, you know, it should just be a male or just a female thing. I think that it should be equal. Mm -hmm. I really do. Okay.
0: Okay um Mm -hmm. i think that's interesting i i i am to segue a little bit i am there's there's a lot of conversation happening right now as you well know there is the uh me too campaign there is the times up movement which really is speaking to uh, a lot of women who've dealt with sexual assault abuse um you know just issues of of rape like violence uh, in certain ways and and we know that these things have been a part of uh you know culture of our culture for a very long time and yeah. so i'm i'm very, very encouraged yeah very very long time i'm encouraged to hear these conversations um which brings me brings us to uh, to you know the be part of our of our chat today and yeah. uh for those you know people who don't know your story um yeah. and a lot of us were not aware of the things that you were dealing with um in ter- inside of your relationship um i want to kind of right. get a a fair perspective and help the audience to understand your personal story and to help people to understand that this is something that's happening uh, far more than it should. And that, um, you know, let me say, well, let me say this first. One of the things that I'm challenged by, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is that I feel like I don't hear anything about domestic abuse sexual assault, physical uh, uh, violence towards women in the black church space. Like, I don't hear it being discussed. And that, for me, is yeah. really alarming because, to our earlier point, there are so many women in our space. I mean, statistically, uh, you know, as I said in my opening, four out of ten black women have been victims of rape, yeah. physical violence, or some type of stalking by a person they were intimate with. So that's, that's almost half. And that, that just those numbers alone suggest that women in church spaces have to be contending with this. So let's back up a little bit. Um, Did you, as a, as a child, uh, did you see any domestic abuse? No. You know, this
1: is the crazy thing is Mm. I um, never experienced anything like that growing up as a child. My parents Um, are going on 57 years of marriage. Wow. And, um, I just, I wasn't raised, um, you know, in a home like that. Now, my oldest sister did experience, um, abuse in her marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were never raised like that. Like even to this day, I've never in my life heard my father
0: raise his voice. Never.
1: Um, you know, that's super rare, right? Huh?
0: That's really rare.
1: Very rare. Yeah. My dad is a very, uh, very mild-mannered. Um, he really didn't kind of, you know, just take much, <laughs> you know, with him. Because yeah. it was almost like a sense of you just don't want to disappoint. Um, yeah. But I've never heard my father, you know, raise his voice, never heard him speak to my mother in any kind of manner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not call her out of her name, sure. not speak nasty to her. I mean, and, and to this day, even in my grown life. Um, I've never seen, you know, that happen, you know, in my home and growing up. That's good. So it was very different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, very, very different for me. And which I always believed that um, I thought that I brought something unique to the table mm-hmm. um, because I didn't grow up in a broken home. So I don't know. What that necessarily looks like. Mm. Um, we never really, we never struggled like that. Um, we were never on welfare, and yeah. we weren't rich. But
0: you were, but you we were okay. Never really,
1: we never struggled. We were yeah. okay. Yeah. And so that wasn't anything that I. I ever experienced, but I remember my father telling me, even after I was going through, um, coming out of my situation kind of going through everything and dealing with the public eye and, yeah. um, you know, dealing with the court systems and all of that. I remember yeah. him saying that I always had compassion. I was always compassionate and I always had a heart for the underdog or people that were always rejected. Sure and and so you know I guess that just was kind of like my nature even as a child and so I always thought I just brought a little something different to the table so even when I got in my relationship um With my ex husband, got into this marriage. I was always still trying to hold on to this
0: string of hope that something would change. Did you were there there indicators for you before you got married? Like, did you see any? So there were red, there were red flags. (laughs) There were yeah. So so I like I'm, I'm curious about this, and hopefully again. Because this is this is so important, obviously. Because I I want to make sure that we give you a proper platform to tell your story, but also right. there are there are going to be thousands of women and some men listening to this conversation right. who will be in certain situations, and so I want to know from you Absolutely. what having seen some of those signs or red flags, if you care to detail them, you can. If not, that's fine. But I want to know what. What happened in your emotions, your head, like that caused you to, to metaphorically run the stop sign, to run the red light?
1: Yeah, to evade it? Absolutely, because yeah. I, I was doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think because um, I knew of some things that were going on in their childhood mm-hmm. and and things that kind of happened. And so, like I said, here we are again with me. You know, trying to bring something different to the table. Sure. And, um, I saw a lot of signs, you know, from, from temper to rage to mm-hmm. infidelity mm-hmm. to, um, control,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to even, even, you know, abuse. You know, even then, mm-hmm. you know, there were a couple of instances and then it was, you know, the mental thing, the verbal thing. So I was kind of dealing with all of that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was like, every time I got to a moment of, um, okay, what the heck is this? (laughs) You know, like, why are you, you know, treating the one person who's trying to understand what you're going through and trying to help you? Why are you treating me this way? And, and so when I would get to a point of, okay, well, I, I don't know that I can do this. Mm It was the sob story. It was the manipulation. Sure. It was the, um, you know, all of that that was kind of taken into play that would suck me right back into it because mm. I was just so compassionate and I don't like to see people suffer. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that was one of the things, and I never wanted to be, and I always share this, and this is from a transparent place in my life, but I, I never wanted to be another woman that abandoned him. Mm. And and so, which is why I, I stayed. Sure. And I tried to stick it out, and I tried to understand. And, of course, dating eventually turned into marriage. And from that on, it just kind of, things just started getting, you know, a little bit harder and a little bit harder. Sure. A little bit worse. Sure. A little bit worse. And um, still at that point, trying to really understand. Yeah. Until I got to a place where I was completely
0: numb. Do you what what? How do you feel like listening to you uh, talk about this? Uh, it it it. What I hear you saying is, you know, that you were concerned uh, about your ex husband. You're concerned about, you know, issues of abandonment, maybe that he's dealing with, and these these things that are that serve as the catalyst yeah. for his rage. How do you feel like staying in that relationship affected you and your value system, your the the self value that. You had, or you know, oh. like, how how were you affected? Oh,
1: uh, you know, hugely impacted on my life because, of course, it started building a lot of insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot of insecurities in, you know, so many different areas of my life. Um, I don't know if, you know, you may have even remember years ago, but I got down to like 103 pounds. Wow. Um, you know, I lost so much weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. Yeah. You know, I was getting stressed out. I was in and out of hospital with stress ulcers, on mm. um, morphine. You know, just couldn't keep anything down. I could always take medicine before I would eat try to keep something down in my stomach and so it was just kind of going through all of that and mm-hmm. always making sure that okay, well this is done and this is done and this is done like everything had to be perfect because the minute I did anything wrong mm-hmm. it
0: was It's a trigger. It was
1: shut down. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. So and
0: so you find until you find, know, so until you find yourself walking on eggshells so as not to trigger an episode. Absolutely. Mm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and it was, it was really, really, um, really stressful,
2: sure.
1: um, and unnecessary and <laughs> really sad that, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in a marriage and you have to operate like that, Yeah. Um, because you just didn't know, you know, at any given moment what was going to happen. And so, um, it was, it took a toll on me, um, very badly, um, sure couldn't sleep. Yeah. You know, just all of those things, yeah.
0: Did you did you have was this the first relationship like that you had? Yes. That's yeah. really interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. so so getting being in this and moving to So I guess because you said something I think it's really important that you didn't want to be another source of injury or pain or disappointment. Right. Um, as, as as I guess you had been told had been the case with other women at, was this prior to marriage or was this after marriage? Like, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is if if you saw this in the dating phase, um, like, was that kind of we're dating, but I don't want to be disappointed. Did that happen then? Or were you having that thought after marriage?
1: I didn't really start having those major issues until marriage.
0: Okay, got you. Mm-hmm. And 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 in light of yeah. that, did as you... as far
1: as feeling the way that I was feeling. Yeah, I mean, there was like a, there were moments, you know, during the dating stages, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like the oh, it ain't gonna always be like this. Oh, it's gonna mm-hmm. you know stop because it was. You know, they were just dealing with so much, how, and so how did, it was
0: always a uh, an excuse. <laughs> how did? How did? Yeah, I get that, and, and that happens a lot. Like yeah. people, you know, oh, they yeah. rationalize oh. the the irrational, right, and just to convince themselves to stay. But so there's another interesting point to this whole thing. I mean, people know that yeah. who, who are listening now know that you're a you're a gospel artist, and so is your ex husband. How? How, would, like, in terms of your spiritual space, like, how were you reconciling doing writing, performing gospel music with your husband at the time, and then having this abusive relationship? Like, where was, you know, how was, where was Jesus in this process for you? Does that make sense? my question make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it does make sense. I would say that probably during the moments of writing and, and, and being transparent in that sometimes, mm-hmm. that was kind of like my outlet.
2: Mm. Um, that was my outlet, you know,
1: um, and even now still, you know, it's, it's, it's my outlet, yeah. um, to, to be able to kind of share what I'm going through, through, through song. Yeah. And so that was, that was my outlet. Yeah. That was really my outlet was, was trying to write and, you know, um, you know, being transparent in that sense because
0: there were some other areas that I could. So you could yeah. probably hear it. Yeah, I, I could hear it. But did you but moms. did you feel yeah. like did you ever wonder like where God was? Did you ever have like
1: faith Absolutely. challenges?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, who who doesn't mm-hmm. when you're going through a struggle? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I did. I questioned the Lord you know, a lot and I even you know, question, we always hear the, the scripture uh, where God joined together, let no man put a son. I'm like, well, God, did you really join us? <laughs> <Did you really laughs> really us? Because I'm like, you know, like, I don't get it, yeah. you know, and, and it really does make you question a lot of things and mm-hmm. it makes you doubt. Sure. Because, you know, yeah, we go through things, we go through the struggle, you know, it, it's just a part of life, but it's like, god dang, you know, yeah. you're supposed to go through
0: that much. Yeah, but I guess at the point, yeah, at the, at the point where you're um, where you're feeling, absolutely. where you're feeling devalued, where you're feeling, you know, less than, where you're feeling, where you are being traumatized and abused, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's, I mean, obviously it it's a, you question. Yeah, it does make you ask questions. But did you... So so there there came a point, um, and, and this was a media story of, you know, where the where the abuse became public. Um, or the, the not the right. abuse, but you know, the knowledge of it became public and you know obviously it's out in the media space and people are talking about it. Two things. Right. One, how did that make you feel that this was now public, that people knew about it? Um, well, I'll ask you that first.
1: Yeah. It was um it was, it was embarrassing. Mm. <laughs> um,
0: Why did you feel it embarrassed?
1: Was, it was, um, I think it's just kind of like, you don't want anybody to know. And then too, um, I have children, mm-hmm.
2: you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was, it was kind of in a sense too of protecting my children because, you know, even before this, we were kind of in the public eye with my oldest son. Yeah. That went through you know, some challenges. So it's like, gosh, reliving this all over again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, in the public eye. And so it, it's kind of embarrassing because you, you know, even still, even though it wasn't my fault, sure, you just don't be wanting the people to know sometimes what you're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that sense, um, that it was kind of like a shameful moment. Let me not say, I guess, embarrassing, but a shameful moment mm-hmm. to know that god dang it, like this secret mm. is out. Yeah, you know, and I could be blamed, you know, because people have tried to blame me and say, Oh, you're the reason why the secret is out, you know, and, and all of that. And
0: Were, were you being blamed? I, Did people say that to you?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, really, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: So, so this I guess yeah. it's just, I mean that's a that's a very strange thing. it's a very strange thing for anybody to say. Yeah. But I guess w- what I'm wondering is when you had like cause what you're saying is you know if this comes out there is the embarrassment there is you know the the emotional you know uh, there are the emotional dynamics that go along with that. However, when other people know, it also creates an an open door. To have you know, exchange right. to have dialogue. So I, I am wondering why, because I know you're not the only person who feels that way. Um, you know, I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in seeing abuse in my own home, uh, in my mother's relationships, my grandmother, like other people, aunts. Like I've seen it happen with friends. I've seen it happen, and yeah. I do think that when people, other people know, then sometimes they can offer help and assistance. So were you not feeling like that was a, was that not part of what you were processing or was it just the fact that, man, I don't, I didn't really want people to know I was dealing with this.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like, I didn't want people to know that I was, you know, that I was dealing with it. Although there were, um, certain people within the family, not necessarily, not in my family, Mm
2: um,
1: that knew about it. They were very aware. Mm. Um, you know, of what was going on. Um, and and so, was, yeah, it's just kind of like you just didn't want people, <laughs> you didn't want people to know. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's a hard thing. And you're right. We don't talk about it. And especially in the black community, we do no, we not don't. talk about
0: it. We don't. And
1: I think it's because it's just so common.
0: Hmm. Really?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's common.
0: Yeah, this comment. Did anybody and, ever and say it, to you it's anybody? It's been going on
1: for years.
0: It's been happening for years. Did anybody ever say to you yeah. anybody who knew? Did anybody ever say to you, "Hey, you should get out. You should leave." You know, like, did anybody ever offer help?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, okay. And and I wasn't
0: ready. I Understand. You
1: know. Yeah. And that's that's something that I have, you know, when I am speaking about it and that I do have that conversation because people are just like, if that was me, I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. But you really don't know until you're in something. Sure. And it's very difficult to walk away.
0: Yeah, I hear that.
1: Very difficult to walk away.
0: What what do you feel like made and, it difficult for you to leave?
1: Uh, the whole abandonment thing, what I shared earlier.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um. And also, you know, thinking
0: that it was okay for me to stay for my children. Mm. But, what, but what about and you? What about you specifically? Like, what What did you feel like staying? Because I hear you. I've heard you say two things that are interesting. One was abandonment yeah. issues. That's about him. Um, you know, the, the sustaining of your family for the kids. That's about them. What about how did you right. feel like you were benefiting from staying?
1: I mean, I wasn't.
0: You <laughs> no. weren't. Got it. No, I wasn't. Got it.
1: Mm-mm. So and did and you know the crazy thing is didn't
0: even realize it until after I was out of
1: it. Mm-hmm. And didn't even realize how broken I was. hmm Um, until after.
0: Yeah. So then, so when your kids yeah, until after when your kids during the time, so were your at 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 what? Well, I think you had. Well, your kids were, were clearly aware. Were they they were aware of the abuse. Yes. Or were they not? Yeah. um, Yeah. More of the verbal side
1: of it. um, And maybe one other time. um, But that particular night, they were in the room when this happened.
0: Was that the first time they had seen it happen physically?
1: Yeah.
0: Mm, Okay. So that's why they were alarm how and and you obviously these are your kids you know them you love them you're close to them how has this impacted them how are they impacted or do you even know um yeah i
1: know okay. you know um because you know i've you know, I do counseling with my kids as well.
0: That's amazing. Um, Because it's, it's
1: just, it's necessary, yes, you know. Yes,
0: And Please say that again. That Please say, say that again for people who are yeah. listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, counseling. Counseling is necessary. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You know, it's necessary. You know, and, and I knew that, not just for me, because my children were going through it too. You know, because although they experienced the physical side of it that night. They had already experienced the verbal of it Mm. so many times, Mm
2: -hmm, you know. mm -hmm.
1: And so, um, you know, it was an eggshell thing for them too as well. So it wasn't Mm. just me, Mm. Um, you know. And so it was very necessary for my children um, to be in counseling. And even in the moments when I could not necessarily afford to keep them in it, Mm -hmm. my prayer was that God always surrounded my children with people that they could trust. Yeah. And and we've had that, you know, where my children can go to a certain person and be very open with them um, and be very transparent with them about how they're feeling or um, their emotions or what they're dealing with on this day. And too, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that even after this, that this brought us even closer.
2: Yeah.
1: And my children can open up to me because yeah. not they've not always had that, you know? Mm. And so um, that's been a really great thing, too. You know, I always say this about my 13 year old daughter. She used to be really shut down. She really didn't talk a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that after um, I left and we started this new journey, Mm -hmm. she's just been this very open person, not ashamed Mm -hmm. to share how she's feeling, Mm -hmm. Um, not ashamed to just say, Mom, hey, X, Y, and Z, you
0: know, and this is how
1: I'm, I'm feeling the daylight. Mm-hmm. Help me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it hasn't always been that open
0: door. So that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, that's really important. That's really powerful. I think mm-hmm. that um, you. So that that last time when they were witnesses um, to the physical abuse, what? Why was the last time the the last time? Why was that different than the other times for you?
1: Um. Let me just share two two nights before this last incident happened. We were in another country
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, in South Africa, and I remember I was packing a bag. I was in the hotel room by myself at that moment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was packing up some stuff, and I broke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, when I say I broke, it was like I had my breaking point that night,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I just screamed out to the Lord, and I was just like, I just cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you do not provide a way of escape for me it's a matter of life or death. Mm-hmm. Either I'm gonna take my life or I'm gonna my life is gonna be in there at the hands of somebody else. Mm. And and I just couldn't I couldn't it was a it was a breaking point. Sure. And got home and that night and and I was, you know, woke up out of my sleep because I had been in bed since 9 o'clock and I was woke up out of my sleep about 1 a.m. in the morning to this happening Mm -hmm. and it was as if the world was the the same this is it you know Mm -hmm. and I had my breaking point and this was it and when I got to the hospital and I was telling you that I had you know some stress ulcers, and there was a particular doctor that I saw about a year and a half before that Mm -hmm. got to the hospital and she just whispered in my ear have you had enough wow said, This is it. Wow. Time is up. And it was the same doctor that I had saw like a year and a half prior to that. And I never shared with her what I was going through sure. a year and a half before that. Sure. And for her to just whisper that in my ear and she just said, Have you had enough? Mm-hmm. And it was the Lord, you know, providing my way of escape. <laughs> you mm-hmm.
2: know?
1: So very grateful. That's
0: me. That's you know, that's, that's, that's so powerful to be in that affirmation. Yeah, that's so powerful to be in that moment of that moment of personal reckoning And I get why you why you would say that Had you Before that point uh, Had you been suicidal? Had you had thoughts of suicide prior to that? Oh
1: yeah
0: Yeah mm-hmm. how, And what was the yeah. tenure? Like how long was this The relationship And you know, Well the abusive part of the relationship I mean whether that be in, in terms of You know dating and marriage Like how long Did you endure that?
1: Oh man Um
0: Fifteen years? Oh my God! Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. Girl, that's a long time. Because we had we have been dating since 1999. Okay.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. Fifteen years. Wow, that's a really long time. Yeah. Um. Very long time, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a really long time, and I, I you know, I would say that to to any woman or, or man, there've been some other instances with with men who, you know, who has the ability to do that, or who has, who has endured that, I should say, um, and can come out of it and, you know, speak with such clarity and focus and understand, you know, what happened and articulate that in ways that can be helpful to other people. I have so much respect for you um, and for anyone who has, you know, survived that type of, Perpetual abuse because I mean, just saying, it's you know. I think I don't think people understand sometimes, you know, that that the verbal abuse is, you know,
1: oh, it's almost almost worse. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's almost worse, you know. And 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 that's one thing I would just say, you know, I, you know, obviously none of us are perfect, and mm-hmm. and I just I, I'm so grateful that. You know, the God just allowed me to um, just really, I, I just moved from one mental place to the next. You know, because mm-hmm. like I said, I couldn't, I didn't even know how bad it was until I got out of it, and I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so glad that I can kind of look back mm-hmm. on those those moments of brokenness and just moments of, oh my gosh, yeah, like. That was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and to be in a place now where I can speak about it, and I'm not breaking down, I'm not crying. Yeah. Because I just recognized the Lord's hand, mm-hmm. you know, on just keeping me that I, that I wasn't a statistic. Sure. That I didn't end up in a crazy house.
2: Sure.
1: I didn't end up dead. Sure. Um, and that, you know, he allowed me to... To um, spare my life and allow me to you know help somebody else, to encourage another woman. And it is, and it's not about bashing another person because I just believe that you know everybody has to heal mm-hmm. in this situation.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, and so I just you know just want to be a light, just want to be an encouragement that you know you don't have to stay in that
0: place. Yeah, I, I think that's so important that yeah. that that when you're talking about you know your experience that you talk about it. Um, From a place of, you know, of brokenness. And I I say that about, you know, the way you're thinking about uh, the both of you. And I do think that, um, you know, there is some conversation that needs to be had about why those things happen, how people get to become abusive, you know, what's going on in them. Um but I don't but I right. want to be clear I'm not saying that anybody should stay in an abusive relationship and try to find out like that's right. not your job to do right. and abuse is never absolutely. okay it's it's never okay to right. to to abuse anyone or to to um stay in a situation that threatens you know that threatens you I think that, that
2: threatens your life absolutely yeah your
0: life your self-worth yeah. your self- value, your sanctity like okay. all of those things are super important because again there are people who are in relationships where it's not physical. But it's verbal, it's emotional, it's psychological. I mean, people are stripping you, you know, on on a regular basis. And I think that we don't, again, have enough of these conversations um, about it. Right. Um, And, and, too, you know, just don't be afraid to talk to
1: somebody about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's
2: another
1: thing, and especially— You know, even when I kind of, you know, begin to share my testimony or, you know, people heard about what happened. I have so many, even first lady, Mm. inboxing me, Mm -hmm. you know, like, thank you, Mm -hmm. you know, because there was just no outlet. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in the industry, too, where you don't even know where people's motives are, you know? You don't know who you can trust. You don't know who you can talk to. And I think that that's very crucial and something that we should really start building within our community is building that trust and building, um, you know, a a platform where a person can come to you and they can be secure and they can, you know, say, hey, this stays right here, but I'm going to help you through this. And we don't have enough of that. We don't have Mm. enough of a support system. It's just, it's too many, like, I want to know what you did so I can... You know, or what you're going through, so that I can share with somebody else, and but and it's not helping. You know, right.
0: So I get yeah, it. I it's that's not, another reason why we don't share.
1: You know,
0: I hear that, so it's not from a helpful place. But this is like, like yeah. you touched on something again that I think is really important to this conversation, and maybe one of the most m- most important parts because there is this issue of shame, this issue of yeah. embarrassment that you contended with that obviously these ladies who are in boxing you are contending with. And I I really want to speak to that because I know there have to be people listening who are feeling ashamed that they are uh, either in abusive relationships or that they, uh, I'm not sure what the, but I guess what I'm trying to understand is what, what is the shame connected to? Like what were, were you feeling ashamed of?
1: You know, um, I think it's because, you know, people look up to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just don't want people to know that this is what you were really dealing with behind closed doors. You know, but if
0: someone is like, hit it, it's like someone hits me. Like that person yeah. is the one who did the wrong thing. So why is the person yeah. who is being hit? feeling in a shame you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my brain around that and I want I want the listeners exactly. to understand that like that's yes. like the f-
1: and two let me say this because this was for me and I'm being tra- very transparent about it. Sure, this. sure. I was even shamed because I was still trying to cover the other person.
0: Mm. Wow. Yep. Wow.
1: And it really wasn't a sense of shame for me. Mm-hmm. It was a sense of still shame, covering that shame for them.
0: You didn't want him to be embarrassed.
1: Yep.
0: That's interesting. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, I get. I get. And, and I just, let
1: me say that comes into play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Too when you're still in bondage.
0: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. It's it, mm-hmm. it is. It is akin to like Stockholm syndrome, where there are. And for those who don't know, Stockholm syndrome is when you are you you you, you do things that yeah. protect the people who are abusing you, or the people who are like it happens. It right. happens with people yeah. who are being you know kidnapped, like, and they start to yeah. do things to to defend them because you are not thinking clearly about the fact no. that you are being abused and that you are in. Right. Um, a situation. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you sympathize with the people who oppress you and that is, uh, and I think it's a tool, this is, this, is the, this is the point, right? And this is why I want to drill down. No. The point is people who, yes, people who are abusing <laughs> you use that to yeah. manipulate you into staying. It's what people do who are physically yeah. abusive, who are verbally abusive, who are sexually abusive. It's what pedophiles do. It's what people do who are yeah. in positions of power to try to make you stay there. and they, and, they, and they know that if they can make you feel sorry for them that that will exacerbate things and cause you not to focus on the fact that you are being Absolutely. victimized in this situation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And let me say, even even coming out of this, people have no idea. Like, I, I dealt with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even after this, I still dealt with the, uh, I have to save the brand.
2: Mm. I
1: have to do whatever I have to do to save the brand, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily save our family, yeah. Um, it was save the brand.
0: Why was that, why and, was that important to you, huh? Why was that important to you?
1: No, well, it wasn't important to me.
0: Mm. It,
1: it really wasn't. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It was what was being told to me that I had to do. Oh, I, okay. I, I misunderstood you. So you're saying yeah. that your ex-husband told you you need to do certain things to save the brand.
2: Yes.
0: Right. Because because you're benefiting from this brand as well.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This brand is how this brand is how you're taking care of and how the kids are taken care of. So you need to do what's necessary to maintain mm-hmm. the brand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that.
1: And and to me, I think that's where we we fail, even a lot in, in industry when we do have families. Um, I saw, I believe this was this may have been Charles Jenkins or someone who posted mm-hmm. um, something about if you if you failed at home but succeeded in this, you failed, mm-hmm. and and I think we forget about home yeah we forget about home, and that in the Bible that's technically your first ministry yeah is is home you know, and so I think we get sometimes and, and I see it happen to a lot of people, you know not just my situation i I've watched it happen to a lot of people where they're so hungry for the success, yeah. they're so hungry for this, they're so hungry for that, and a lot of times it's because of a lack of things and insecurities in their own life, they're mm-hmm. searching for
2: mm-hmm. this,
1: mm-hmm. and um, but they don't take care of the ministry of home. Yeah. So uh, you know, we see it a lot. Yeah. I mean, we we've seen it in pastors. We've seen. It, I mean, we've just seen it a yeah, lot. Yeah, we've seen it. Pastors you know, and celebrities. You're suffers. right. Yeah.
0: So I think this is yeah. important too, because one of the things that that I, I was a kid in yeah. seeing an abusive relationship that my mother was in. And I know how that impacted me as a child. Um, and most, especially yep. as a male child, because I felt, I remember as a 12, 13 year old, I felt helpless, right? I, Cause I couldn't yeah. protect my mother. And I think that what's important for people to understand is because you have children for children who were
2: yep.
0: uh, involved at this time or, or involved during the the who were who are also subject to it, but I think that sometimes people wonder, like, well, you know, you have kids and the whole kids. But I think it's important to, to underscore this, and you can let me know if this is a correct assessment that you, when you are not in the mental space to protect yourself, you don't have the wherewithal to protect anybody else. No, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's you know that's that's very very um very very true. Yeah. Um. You know, which is why I even said that, you know, my kids didn't really have that for me because I was in such a bad mental state,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: really bad, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Yes, I was still, you know, doing my motherly duties, but it was kind of just like uh, going through the motion
2: type
1: thing, you know. It was just like, okay, this is what I have to do today. And we move on to the next day. It, It had just become... Um, you know, that numb place had become my normalcy, that messed yeah. up, jacked up place had become just, hey, this is just how it is and mm-hmm. how it's going to be.
0: And, um, gosh, you know, I'm so grateful, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I am too. <laughs> you know, I just, it's, I mean, you know, you, you, I think it's so important to have this conversation because. Not every woman has a happy ending or You know, it's quote unquote, right? Why? Not every yes, woman makes exactly. it out Many women are, are killed or are, you know, physically, you know, injured or maimed um, Or I've, I've seen women have, who've had acid poured on their face And like, I mean, they've been really mutilated yes. in these situations and yes. I, and I always want to stress the importance and the, the, the severity of abusive relationships They are to be taken very seriously um, Yes you know, women who are listening. Uh, if, if a man is in one, if children are in one, you know, law enforcement I think has to, you know, step their game up as well. Um, I want to just talk to you about one other thing before uh, I have like two other quick segments. Um, you mentioned earlier something about when your kids. So were your were your kids subject to abuse as well? <sighs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: if it's not something you're comfortable talking about, we don't have to.
1: Yeah, only for their protection. Understand? Um, there's no problem. Yeah, only for their protection. Absolutely. And um, and I can say this, and maybe hopefully you can cut this part out. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm. They deal with the manipulation. Let me say that.
0: Okay, got it. I got it. Yeah, we'll we'll edit that. We'll edit that part out. So so as, uh-huh. so as we so as we close, there there are. A couple things there is now uh, the me too movement and the time's up movement which i'm sure you're aware of yes. um what do you yes, think I about am. those movements do you think they're doing enough need to do something different they're you know they're they're like how do you feel about those those movements well,
1: let me say this i am just excited that we are actually standing up for ourselves
2: yeah <laughs> yes
1: so, um I am just excited about that because – and it's really exciting, too, to even see not just women on board but to see some men on board Mm. and um, to see even men of influence. you know men who have platforms to see them supporting this as well and i think that it's that it's really really great yeah. I, I can't wait to see more
2: people
1: sure um with this movement because it has it's been going on you know quietly forever
0: yeah for sure you know and i um i think that it's a great way um
1: to start, and I, I'm just, I'm just happy that we are standing up for ourselves. I really am. It's so great. Um, because I just know, I remember being in a place where I couldn't stand up for myself and to see it now, and not to see other women mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, no, we're not going to keep, you know, doing this, because people don't understand that even men, when it does happen, or the people that have done it, they don't understand the, the impact that it has you know, on them for longevity. You know,
0: mm-hmm. that's a long. <laughs> you're you're know, saying that they don't. The, thing, you're saying that who doesn't understand? The, who doesn't understand the impact? I think men who have
1: done it. You know.
0: Are oh, you saying the the abusers don't understand the impact Absolutely. on the people? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't know that they do. Or, and, and I think that you 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 you're right about that. People who are inflicting pain on other people don't think about the long term. Effects of it? No, um, I don't. I don't. You know, and, I, and, and since we're we're having transparent moments, I don't really know if I care what they think or feel. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, but right. I, but I do <laughs> think that I do think that you're right that these these there are long term term effects um, that what? is another part of the conversation needs to happen. Um, so we have me too. We have times up. Do you think there is enough yeah. happening from the church community, oh, and if not, what would you like to see?
1: No, I don't think there is enough for church community. I think that we need to be a whole lot more transparent, mm. um, and we really need to um, help people as believers, as Christians, mm-hmm. um, as followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, there is more that we should be displaying and more that we should be doing.
2: Yeah,
1: I think there needs to be more platforms, like you said. There needs to be more discussion. Sure. Um, and there needs to be more resources and there needs to be more
0: people mm.
1: backing up, <laughs> you know, um, with the resources to
0: help people. So when you really, say resources, really like, uh, like I think that's a great point, sure. I
1: mean, counseling. Yes. Financial, and even if you don't have counseling services in your own church. yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, there's just so many counseling services that are available. Mm. Even if you are partnering up with somebody. Yeah. To say, hey. You know, for, for this this amount, and you can see up to this um, this many people in a month, mm-hmm. can we partner up and do this to help people? That's a great. Because it's, you know, it, it's mental, you know? If yeah. we can get stuff together in our minds and be healthy, yes. in our minds, things, you know, things yeah. will shift and things will change. That's really but great. we got to kind of do this
0: together. Yeah, that's great. I think, I think that's great. And I think that's very doable. And, and I, I will commit to you... On air today to have this conversation with some pastors, um, because I think you're right. I think that needs to happen. I think that people do need tools inside, you know, all places, but definitely inside the Jack Black Black Church space. Like, there's no reason; it's not sensible that we're not having these conversations in very specific and broad ways with as many women as there are in these, in you know, in church. Um, I also think that um, to your point about. Uh, you know, mental wellness and being in a mental space, um, you know, I'm I, I'm kind of wrestle with, I feel like a preacher because I keep saying this the last thing, but I keep kind of wrestle okay. with how do you feel like your religious upbringing in terms of how women are conditioned, acculturated, mm-hmm. disciples oh, in yes. church, did that affect you? Your decision to be, I'm not blaming it for you staying in a relationship, but do you think there's any connection there? You
1: no, know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying because, you know, we're, we're taught differently in our culture, mm-hmm. in, in black culture. Right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, and I think, you know, going years and years and years back, when women did experience abuse,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, they stayed. Yeah, and so I think that's just been passed along, and and not only did, um, you know they stay, you know there was just there was no help, mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody trying to pull them out of it, you know, right? Um, very rarely did you hear that they left because of that, so, sure. um, I think that has a lot to do with, it. and two, we're always taught to stick with your marriage, like yes. divorce is not an option. Yeah, well, my thing is. I truly believe in reconciliation. I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. But my thing is that reconciliation can only take place when both parties, it cannot just be the person who was abused, but the abuser also has to be willing to get the necessary help. It's never going to work. Yeah. It's never going to work if you don't get help as well. You know? So it's got to be something that's on both parties. You know, that, that if you do want to work this out, mm-hmm. hey, let's take this time away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on me. You're going to work on you. We're going to come together and we're going to work on together. But it has to be that agreement. And um, I just think some people are willing to
0: do that. Yeah, I think that the, the oh, man, this is so good. This is so good. I think the, the that's a, a great point because we're talking about tools uh, for people who are being abused, people are being assaulted, but are there tools for people who are honest about the fact that they have some brokenness, who are honest about the fact that they are dysfunctional, who are honest about the fact that they are abusive, are there tools for them to go talk to somebody to work through their stuff? But I think, I think that's important. Counseling, yeah, you know, counsel, yeah.
1: Uh, counseling again, you know, and I would say one thing too that we have lost in the body
0: mm-hmm.
1: is accountability.
2: Mm.
1: Um, you know, uh, we, we do not make each other accountable, Right. you know, um, for the things that we've done, you know, or whatever we may do, you know, we don't have accountability. Um, and that, to me, is is very necessary. And I would say even for me coming out of this, that was the one thing that I prayed for. I was like, Lord, you know, please place in my life someone that's going to hold us up mm-hmm. and that's going to make, you know, me accountable in this season of my life because mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I needed. Sure. And I think that's one thing that we're missing. We're missing that accountability. We're missing the piece of um yes, I
0: can help you. I can help
1: you. I can hold you up. I'm not going to let you keep
0: doing what you're doing. Yeah. And we don't have enough of that. So so in, so in the Me Too movement, in the Time's Up movement, yeah. you know, you had the Harvey Weinstein, you had uh, Matt right. Lauer, you had, like, go down the list of people. All of these people yeah. paid a price for sexual assault. Yeah. So in the black church space, if you're a pastor, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, should there be a price you pay? Like they lost their careers because they were abusive yeah. of those positions. But you, cause, cause you, you introduced an accountability <laughs> component. Uh-huh. Like with your hold, if yep. we are legitimately going to hold people accountable as we start having this conversation in the church space, yep. what does that look like? Yep. You know, if you're a yep. pastor or do you sit down, if you're a musician, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you feel like would be fair for someone who has been abusive, who has a position of power, or who was you know, has a career in a certain space?
1: My opinion?
0: Yes, that's what I wanna know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My opinion is I really do believe in in I wasn't even the abuser, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I still knew that I had to take some time off.
2: hmm
1: I had to take some time away
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I knew that I needed healing, right? Yeah. So I believe that even for a person that's in position, I think that it's necessary. Sure. To, and it's not necessarily just a sit down, oh, we got to punish you. Sure. It's more like a let's help you. Yes. And we don't have enough of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: We don't have enough of that. Um, and and sometimes I believe that they don't do this because we become very concerned about are we going to lose members?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are we going to lose this? Yeah. Are we going to lose that?
0: Money. Um, Money. Right. Yeah.
1: And it, and it gets swept under the rug. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't believe that we have enough of that, but I do believe that it's not just necessarily a punishment. But you do need to sit them down. Sure. But when you sit them down, don't just sit them down to say, "Okay, well, you can't come back for three months." During that three months, what are you doing to help them when they? Leave? Yeah. You
0: know. So that's the accountability. That's, that's the accountability component.
1: Accountability. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hear that. I mean, because you know these guys. Yeah. You know these guys. You know lost their their jobs. You know uh, Bill O'Reilly yeah. I mean, again. I could go down the list. They lost their jobs. Um, and, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think that, and, and, and in my opinion, rightly so. But I think that you have. We have to have. This is you no. Know, this is this is not like something that we're going to wake up tomorrow and everybody's going to be like, oh, we we figured it out. I, but I do think that the conversation needs to begin. And one of the purposes of me purposes of me having this dialogue with you um, is to bring uh light to the fact that this is a thing um and that you yeah. are you I want people to understand that they are not alone if you are in those situations. You should not be yeah. ashamed if you're in those situations. We do need to create outlets for people who feel trapped who feel like they can't get out, who feel powerless, who feel stripped of their humanity and their agency in those relationships because that happens. Um, And so we have to be sensitive to that as well and create a safe space so that, so that that people who are in, women most especially, who are right. in those situations, who feel right. powerless, will feel like they have somewhere they, they can go and someone who will genuinely care about them. And like you said, this is not about exploiting them or gossiping about it. This is really about how we can yeah. help people who have real-life situations. I mean, you think about all of the implications, Cheryl. I'm thinking back through this now. I mean, you talked about your own kind of emotional space. You talked about having— Bouts of thinking about suicide If you had You know Done something like that Then that would have Affected your children And so there I think that People who are are being abused Also You know um, When you're in that space I don't know that you can Think clearly But I do want to You know Hopefully this conversation Can help speak to them That they're not alone And that their lives matter And that they are valuable And that you know, Absolutely. them not being here. And
1: don't, and don't be afraid. You know, yeah. don't be afraid. And I think that's one of the biggest things is that we do. We have fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, because we don't know. We, yeah. we don't, and I say this all the time, we don't know what it looks like on the other side. Yeah. We don't know what it looks like. And now this thing has become our place of comfort. Yeah, it sounds weird because you're in this, you know, in this abusive situation, you're in a very toxic situation. Mm -hmm. But because you just um, allowed it to consume you, this Mm -hmm. is just who you've become, we get very scared because we don't know what it it looks like on the other side. Yeah. And we're afraid of that experience.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and for what reason, you know just fear. That's just what fear does. Yeah. And so, you know, my thing is always, and, and I always say that like, I just want people to know that it's going to be okay. Getting mm-hmm. nothing deep, um, that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And it's okay to walk away. Don't ever make or allow anybody to make you feel like you have to stay there.
2: Sure.
1: You know, you can walk away and you can get the healing that you, you need. Yeah. You can get you know the necessary help that you need mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be okay yeah. it really will
0: be okay do you have uh, are there uh, any in light of women's history month is there a woman or a couple women that you have who have really impacted you positively that you you know like are like oh, this is yeah, great? yeah. Okay. several women and i will acknowledge you
1: know especially in my family too um but um, there's one woman who, you know, who did reach out to me, and um, she had written a book she had gone through, you know, something similar to what I had gone through, and actually hers was, you know, even a little bit, you know, worse than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, she had written a book called Suffering in Silence, and this is Dr. Renee Hornbuckle out of Dallas, mm-hmm. Fort Worth area, and um, she reached out to me, and even going through my core process
2: yeah.
1: of just praying with me and helping me through that, and... Yeah you know, how to be a vessel to my children. Yeah. You know, even in the midst of everything that was going on. So I would say that was one of the many women sure. um, that, uh, you know, that, that kind of helped me through that process into to understand it. Yeah, And um, even in the moments of not understanding, it's okay to not understand it, but to also know that I wasn't by myself. Sure. And that's another thing with women. You know, we, we struggle by ourselves. We don't want to tell anybody. Yeah, But that is another reason
0: why I had to share because I don't want any woman to ever think that they're alone. Yeah. Um, cause they're not, you know, well we are, not. we are doing a, a, a campaign this month. Uh, my team and I, uh, for the entire month of March, um, where we, uh, we called the stand in, stand in All" campaign. Um, and you know, shameless plug, yep. that is the name of my radio single. So, but we're, Absolutely. But, but we're, Amazing. we're, we're <laughs> thank you. We're doing this campaign to highlight women throughout the month, um, women we stand in awe of. And so I want to, yeah. you know, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with the audience, with myself in the audience um, and let you know that you are a woman that I've, I have the utmost respect for. Um, I think you're brave. I think you're, uh, a, you know, powerful. I think you're a great creative person. Um, I, I just I'm I really, um, you know, t- to coin the phrase, I really stand in awe of you having gone through all of that for 15 years. Um, that shows so much strength and determination to make it and to survive yeah. and to come out of it and to be able to now share your experiences with other people who will be the better for it, who may feel like they can't get out or don't know what to do or feel trapped. I just yeah. know this, this is going to help so many Uh, women who are in those situations. And, um, my hat is off to you, um, for doing all that you've done, um, for the things that you, you know, continue to do, um, even in your music. And like I said, in, in, in sharing your story. And I know that there will be more, I I have expectation that you will do more and that you will help a lot of other women as you continue to talk about, um, you know, being on the other side of this, and yeah, you know, and, and having yeah. a place where you can connect and understand people who are still in it.
1: Right, absolutely. You know, and it's and it's my duty. You know, um, you know, it's like I said earlier. So many women don't come out of it. Yeah. Um, and those who do are not in their right minds, um, or just you know couldn't get it together. Mm-hmm. You know, after and and so that's that's my biggest thing is I I want to you know have that open dialogue have that open conversation with women mm-hmm. because I get it yeah. I understand it and I get it why people stay in it so long yeah. you know the whole night I really really do and um, even this year I um, you know I'm launching um, speak up movement and that's mm-hmm. just really opening up a platform for um, you know for women to not be ashamed of what they've gone through or what they are maybe going through mm-hmm. and to have an outlet and you know Prayerfully by twenty, you know, nineteen, or prayerfully before the end of this year mm-hmm. can actually be able to provide financial resources for them as that's well. A, that's powerful. The
0: help that they need. So, can you yeah. give give the listeners a little bit more here. insight about? So, the Speak Up Speak Up movement is. Tell, tell me, tell us a little bit, like what it's, how people can engage, how can people give to it, like what can people do to support it.
1: Yeah, So, I'll be starting it up this summer, and I'll be kind of going around to um, different. Um, you know church is trying to partner up with some different um, counseling groups because I do have friends in other states mm-hmm. um, that are counselors okay and just setting a platform um, and trying to reach out to you know women that are in maybe women's shelters mm-hmm. or just you know hey if you know somebody that's going through bring it to you know bring them to this So that we can, you know, be able to just kind of help them um, heal in their emotional and their mental, you know, and and even in their, you know, their physical state. So Mm. just something that, you know, the Lord has impressed upon my heart for quite a while and I'm finally making a move on it. (laughs) That's great, Cheryl. I had this conversation um, at the Stellars last year Mm -hmm. and... Was just fearful, you know, into yeah. the backlash and yeah. you know people trying
0: to you know and all of that. And God was like, "Listen, you worry about the wrong thing." Yeah, <laughs> that's know, right. So, yeah, you you yeah you, you know, don't so. have to be ashamed to tell your story because it's your story. And you can always tell your story.
1: Right.
0: So what right. what how can how can the listeners? Because um, I, I know that there will, will be people. Who will want to support this and help you? Um, how and yeah. it's not it's not up yet, but how can people connect with you so they can kind of stay aware? Well, they can,
1: Yeah, they can connect with me directly on my website. I am okay. and that's Cheryl's with a C, C-H-E-R-Y-L. Okay. You can go there, or you can also DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Um, and that's Cheryl Fortune. I am simply Cheryl. On Instagram, you can connect with me that way, and um, you know I just want to help. You know, want
0: <laughs> to <That's really powerful. laughs> help some people. That's really powerful. That's really powerful. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing that. Um, as we continue to do this and have these conversations, we will definitely talk about it. We will, you know, when, when the site is when the uh, yeah. the site or the movement is there, we you know anything that we can do to help. Um, help you raise funds, help you shine the light on it, help you partner with some people. I'd love thank to you. be a part of that. Um, I think it's so important. Again, it's so necessary that we have to, we yeah. have to be the change you want to see, you know, and we have to be able to, to take our experiences, um, and, and use those to help, um, you know, other people who are in those same situations so right. that we can do our part to make the world better. Anyway, it, uh, I thank you again, Cheryl, for your time. Thank you for your transparency. Um, thank you for all that you've said that I, I think will help many, 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 many people. Um, and I wish you the best in every endeavor you have. Music, your, just in your life in general, right? Um, the next time if you decide to do another relationship, I pray that it will be you know, what you want it to be, what it should be, that it will be yes. healthy. Um, you know, That it will be something good for you. Because I think you know, the, the point of it all is you deserve that. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy well. And you deserve to be successful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, Cheryl.
1: Okay.
2: Take care. All right.